0: Hello? Babe! I miss you. I miss you Are you in love? Do you feel it in your stomach? Does it twist and turn and scream and burn and start to make you cry? But you like it? Don't want to let it slip away? Does it stretch into your throat until you don't know what to say? Does it hold you under its pillow in the night? It kills you with its passion and its endless beam of light? When you see yourself in the future, frail and gray, who do you want beside you when you wake to start your day? Yeah, it's extreme. I know what you're going to say. I'm being too dramatic. But this feeling feels this way. Are you in love? Do you feel it in your spine? Shaking, waking, tearing, breaking, taking its sweet time. But you want it. Yeah, you need it to breathe. You are never sure of what is pulling from its sleeve. If you said yes to all the things above, then yes, my friend, I'm sorry. It appears you're in love. wetlock my true unscripted chronicles as a prison wife join me on my journey as i bring you crazy stories informative facts updates on my husband advice from my family and friends and special guests giving their true life stories on the prison system this is not your average love story welcome to wetlock good morning guys and it is sunday morning welcome to episode 15 and guys i just wanted to continue to take in this rain it is amazing this morning it's very soothing and it's exactly what i need to start my day i have had a busy week as you guys already know i stay busy So every opportunity that I get to just sit and relax, rest my body, rest my mind, clear my thoughts, and just take in all the positive energy, that is exactly what I do. So this morning, I want to talk about the phrase that people use a lot of times um, when they're incarcerated, most men, you're going to always hear say it takes a strong woman to have someone that is in prison. In my bonus episode 7, part 2, I did an interview with Atlanta's OGKK and I asked him what were three things that he needed in a relationship from his spouse while being incarcerated and strength was one of the ones that he used. And of course, you know, you hear it all the time. It takes a strong woman um, to even deal with this, to even maintain a relationship with someone incarcerated. You will always hear it takes strength. And I want to break that down. I want to break down what it means to me when I hear that term. When I hear that term, of course, we all know that strength is a quality or a state of being strong. Strength to me, being strong, when you have a spouse that's incarcerated, it's a number of things, and I want to focus on that. I want to talk about the different levels of what strength means to me. You have to be strong enough to stand up for your man and to your man. And the reason why I say that that's a part of being strong is because a lot of times, guys, our men get so consumed in where they are, especially when they are at a breaking point when they're ready to go. Um, they get really antsy, they get very controlling on wanting and needing for you to do certain things, and sometimes you have to be strong enough to actually tell your man no. You have to be strong enough for him to understand that he's not always right. The way he would like for things to happen cannot not always happen that way. And sometimes it's really, really hard. Sometimes it's really hard because you don't want to test their manhood. You don't want to make them feel like... You know, less than a man when you're challenging certain things. But within my experience that I have with my husband, sometimes I have to really stand up to him and tell him he's wrong or maybe something that he's doing or going about doing is incorrect or maybe we need to try a different approach. You have to be able to be strong enough to be indecisive sometimes you cannot just tell him what he wants to hear all the time being afraid of what his response may be the best thing that i can always give my husband is my truth um and not sugarcoat sugarcoat certain things so you have to be strong enough to even be able to do that you also have to be strong enough to stand up for your man You have to be strong enough to get on that phone. You have to be strong enough to make phone calls in regards to his health, his safety. If you feel like he's been done wrong, you know, if you feel like it's something that needs to be taken care of, you have to be able to be strong enough to go against other people when it comes to your husband. And a lot of people fold. A lot of people get afraid um, they don't know how to talk to people. They get intimidated by authority. You have to be strong enough to be able to stand up for your man. The next thing is strong enough to carry out both your emotions, his emotions and your emotions. You have to be able to carry that. You have to be able to understand his emotions on a day-to-day basis because Every day it can be different. He could be up. He could be down. um, He could be erratic. um, He could be doubtful. You know, you have to be able to carry that. You have to be able to carry his emotions and yours. And a lot of times within doing that, you put yours to the side because of the fact that you have to understand where he is. Um, I always talk about distractions. I always talk about how... They don't have the same distractions that we do. So if I'm frustrated, if I'm irritated, I can go have a drink. I can go surround myself around people. I can go do something that makes me happy. I can do retail therapy. But in doing all that, I still have to carry my husband's emotions as well. I have to be very, very careful on how I handle certain things depending on where he is emotionally. So you have to be strong enough. It's almost like holding sand in the palm of your hand. You have to be strong enough to carry his emotions at the same time that you have to carry yours. If you're sad, you cannot put the sadness off on him. So you have to sometimes suppress your emotions so that he won't get that same energy. Because he's in a place where anything negative, anything that will bother his mental is not a good thing. He has no outlet. He has nothing to do but sit on those emotions. And sometimes that cannot be good. So you have to be strong enough to carry both of your emotions. You have to be strong enough to trust his safety. And that's something that I struggle with on a regular basis. Um, Trusting that he's okay. Trusting that, you know, nothing will happen to him. Trusting that he makes good decisions just in case conflict arises. You know, I always talk about the health and 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 the mental but you also have to think about you know where they where they are sometimes things get do get physical and you have to trust that he's going to be okay I don't care if he's the strongest, the baddest, you know, whatever it is, you still have to trust that he's going to be okay and that he makes the better decisions when conflicts arise because we're getting older. The body's not the same. The body doesn't move the same. And unfortunately, you know, we have this younger generation that does not move nor think how some of us do or what the men before us taught these men, um, That we're that we're used to being around, so we have to trust that their safety um is is being handled correctly, and that takes a lot of strength. That you are your husband's life, your boyfriend's life, your fiance's life is in the hands of people you do not know. You cannot call and check on him personally you can't just go whenever you want to so you have to be strong enough to trust you have to be strong enough to trust his safety you have to be strong enough to obtain resistance and temptation and I think that's one of the biggest things that people focus on um when you get involved, and you decide to stand by your man, stay down, quote unquote, ride this out, ride or die, whatever terms you want to use. When doing that, you have to be able to be strong enough to avoid and resist all temptation. Now, That's if you're a good woman and you really love your husband. And this is really something that you're taking seriously. As myself, I take my vows very seriously. I take my relationship seriously before I was even married to my husband. And I love him to the point where I'm patient. I'm resistant to temptation. Um, And that takes a lot of strength because you do have some women who will be right there by that man's side the whole way through. But at the same time, they take on other relationships. You know, they take on um, situationships. They take on friendships to be able to get something that they're not getting from their husband or the person that they're with that's locked up. And that's by choice. You know, I do not judge people for how they handle their relationships, but in my opinion, I feel as though once you get into these situations, you have to be able to be strong enough to just not do that because it's still a form of cheating. Um, It's it's still miscommunication. It's misleading. It's lies because you're going to have to tell these lies. Um, on top of more lies so you have to be strong enough to resist temptation there's a lot of people out here that will probably offer you something so amazing you know that you could just be like hey to hell with it i don't want to stay down with this situation anymore this person over here is offering me xyz you might feel like you know your your life is, is is at a standstill you know and you want to do something else you have to be strong enough to resist those temptations if if this is really what you want and this is who you really want. For me, I have no problem with it because I love my husband. This is who I really want. This is what I want. And I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize that. Um, mentally, you have to be strong for that because you have to understand that going out and just randomly screwing somebody or messing with somebody or taking on a friendship, you're actually pulling more spirits into your situation. You're pulling more doubt into your situation. And the person on the other end of this really does not deserve that. So I always tell people, if you're not ready to be in a relationship with someone incarcerated, don't do it don't do it because what happens is, is it, it it becomes a lot of lies, a lot of confusion Um when you're not ready, when you're not really ready to sacrifice the intimacy, um, well, not even the intimacy, the flesh, when you're not ready to set, uh, sacrifice the flesh, it becomes very cloudy and confusing and um, everything at that point is jeopardized. So you definitely have to have strength to resist temptation. And I know that's hard, Um, but what you have has to be worth it. And when it is, you don't even think on that level. You have to be strong enough to juggle your life and his life. You have to be strong enough to understand that you are out here Representing him, you are out here handling things that he can't handle, which will require you know some days where you have to stop what you're doing to take care of things that he needs to do. If he has children, if he has parents, if he has businesses, you have to merge his life into your life, which is a 24 hour situation. So now you have to do all of your business and all of his business at the same time, and you have have to be strong enough to juggle those things you have to be strong enough to juggle it and not get frustrated um not get angry and possibly even take out those things on him because you're frustrated you know you have to focus on the end game you have to focus on the positivity and what you guys are building so that you won't get frustrated and you can juggle these things you have to be strong enough to handle his days where He can't communicate with you or he doesn't want to communicate with you. Again, something that's very hard. Sometimes they're not able and you worry or sometimes they're not able and you might think that something is wrong. You know, the conversation might have ended on a bad note and boom, you haven't heard from him. Just like the lockdown, you have to be strong enough to just. Have faith that everything is okay. Just know that everything is okay. Just understand that you might not talk to him. And that is very hard. It's hard for me. It's a struggle for me. And then sometimes when you have an argument, a disagreement, sometimes you're not going to communicate with him. And you still have to be strong enough. Again, resistance and temptation. Because there will be days where you will feel like, fuck it I'm gonna just do xyz um because the devil has slipped in the devil has slipped in and now he's playing on the negative between you guys right now so you have to be strong enough to handle those days you have to be strong enough to keep going and not give up and that is one of the most important things I believe to every incarcerated man is that you don't give up on them sometimes we breathe so much life and hope into these men and we are the closest thing to them that if we give up it's such a bad effect on them they they lose hope they they lose they lose hope they lose a sense of whatever pathway you guys was on. And it gets very confusing. So you have to have the strength to just really hang in there and not to give up. And I know sometimes that gets hard because all couples have problems inside and outside of prison. Couples have problems. So you have to be able to be strong enough to just not give up. You know, sometimes it's it's like anything in life. You just want to just throw in the towel because A, you're tired, you can't handle it. And it's okay. If it gets to that point, yes, it's okay because you have to do what's best for you. But you have to take into consideration that you have now pulled somebody into your realm, pulled somebody into your life that is really feeding off of off, off of you and and your energy and your belief system. Um, you know, we speak truth and love into these men. Um, you know, we give them so many affirmations and sometimes it's like fuel for them. So you have to be strong enough to keep going and not give up because it's so much at stake. Um, once you get to that level, you have to be strong enough to handle his mental up and downs it's a lot of up and downs it's a lot of up and downs when they're ready to come home it's a lot of up and downs when they're in solitary confinement it's a lot of up and downs on days when it's raining outside and they want to be at home in the bed with their spouse they want to be with you um it's a lot of days when you know they have to focus on the fact that their kids are growing without them they're getting bigger daddies can't protect their daughters There's a lot of mental things that they go through and you have to be strong enough to handle them. Sometimes when my husband just goes off the rails and vents, I just have to be strong enough to just listen to him and try to steer him back in into the positive. And sometimes that can be draining because we out here are going through life too. We out here are having bad days too. So to push your bad day to the side, to help somebody else, um overcome a bad day. You have to be strong enough to do that. You have to be strong enough to listen even when he's wrong. Even when he's wrong. It's a lot of times my husband be wrong as hell. And I just have to listen to him and just let him get it off his chest. Sometimes um different things that he wants me to do or the different things he wants me to um handle or 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 go about things a certain type of way. He's Sometimes how he wants it done is just incorrect. Sometimes he'll tell me something and the information is incorrect. I might know actually what the real information is. I might know a little bit more about the subject matter than he does. And sometimes you just have to be strong enough to let them have that. My mom always says, your day will always come. There will always be a moment where you can reference back and say... Remember when we had that conversation and I was trying to explain to you X, Y, Z, the moment will always come back where you can correct his thought process or correct what he was doing and saying that was wrong. But sometimes guys, we got to take the L and we got to just let them have that, um, because of I mean even being a man, I mean nobody wants to be told that they're wrong when they're wrong. I mean that's just how it is. but we have to be strong enough to listen to them um, even when they know that they're wrong and that's 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 hard that's a that's a hard thing to do too. You have to be strong enough to understand his struggle um, We are free. We are free. The only person that's doing his time inside is him. Yes, we are doing a part of the time out here because we're connected to them. But the struggles of being there, the struggles of wanting to come home, the struggles of wanting real food, the struggles of wanting to lay in a comfortable bed, the struggles of just all the things that they miss doing, you know, the struggles of just being treated as a human being, the struggles of being disrespected by another grown ass man the struggles of of having to listen to a guard talk to them any type of way being mistreated there's so many things that they struggle with that they cannot act on and we have to be strong enough to just understand And that's where some of those bad days come from. That's where some of the mental things come from. So we have to be able to understand the day-to-day struggle that our men are going through. As well as they have to understand what we go through. And that's why they always say it takes a strong woman. We are holding ourselves accountable. And we are also holding them accountable their livelihood their business their hearts their emotions it's like walking around with an extra body on your back so we have to be strong in so many different elements guys we have to be strong enough to handle the unknown and this is something that I really want to touch on when I say strong enough to handle the unknown what I'm saying to you is that there is a possibility That everything that you thought that you and your spouse was going to have, there's a possibility that it might not happen. Meaning the relationship might not work out, meaning this lifestyle that you that you want so bad you might not get, meaning that other things might come into play that might feel like it's killing your dreams. You know, somewhere out there there might be a woman who, you know, decides to speak up and say, Hey, you know, I've had a baby by him, and you know, this baby is four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. You know, there's some things that are just unknown that may happen. You have to be strong enough to handle it. Because if this is who you love and this is the person that you want to be with there might be some trials and tribulations ahead of you that you do not know about at all as well as it just might not work out you might put in a two three years and things just don't work out so you have to be strong enough to be able to handle the unknown because you have to be strong enough to accept You have to be strong enough to accept it. And you have to be strong enough to let it go, to walk away, to not be bitter, to not count the dollars, to not count the things that you did. Um, Time is something we can't get back. So you have to accept and handle the unknown. And you have to be strong enough to stand up for what you have, which is the most important thing to me. This is why I am doing this podcast, period. You have to be able to stand up for your relationship. You have to be able to stand up and not be ashamed that you are with somebody that's incarcerated, that this is the man that you love. The man that you love is in prison. The man that you want to spend your life with is in prison. And you have to be able to stand up for that. For anybody that has something negative to say, for anybody that's judging your situation, you have to stand up for that. Don't turn your nose down. Don't get quiet it. Don't be ashamed. You have to stand up for what you have. This is what you're fighting for. This is what you're sacrificing for. So why would you be ashamed or be silent about the opinions of other people, the opinions of society, the opinions of the public that are not walking in your shoes, that are not living your life, and don't even understand how this person makes you feel? You have to be able to be strong enough to stand up, stand up for what you have. The love that you have, the bond that you have, the care that you have with this for this person and with this person. It is worth standing up for. And you must stand up for that. You must show your spouse, your man, your husband, your boyfriend, or whoever that you got his back. You got his back and you're not ashamed of of where he is just because of the choices that he has made. We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Some of us just haven't even got caught. So there's no one that's better than the next. So you have to be strong enough to stand up for what you have. And that is pretty much my definition of strength when it comes to Being strong enough, quote unquote, to maintain a relationship with an inmate. It takes a lot of strength. That saying is totally, totally right. It takes a lot of strength, but it's not the strength that a lot of people think of. A lot of people think of the physical, and it's so beyond the physical. There is so much, so much within that strength that you must have and so guys that is something that I wanted to talk about today it was something that stuck out to me when I had my interview with OGKK it's something that I hear all the time and it's something that I deal with all the time it's something that we all deal with all the time on a regular basis within our relationships with someone incarcerated we take on a lot and you have to be strong you have to be mentally and emotionally strong to be able to keep going and as long as it's worth it as long as it just feels effortlessly um you will be okay. You will be okay. You know they say nothing. Nothing is worth. Wait, whatever's worth having is worth fighting for, nothing, nothing worth, nothing worth having is. Fi- you guys know what I'm trying to say. I'm tongue tied right now, but sometimes you have to fight for stuff. If it's worth it, you have to fight for it, and if it's worth it, you don't mind fighting for it. So that's my topic of the day, guys. Thank you again for tuning in to episode 15. Guys, we have five more episodes until season two. I am so excited. I know I have been saying it a lot because I am. And you guys will be excited if you knew what I knew. So again, thank you for joining me. Thank you for tuning in. And we are going to jump into the story of the day. So, it is story time, guys. And... (laughs) I guess I'm going to be honest with you, the rain, um, the relaxation, and just the whole vibe that I'm getting this morning, you know, just has me on some old sentimental type of stuff. So I'm going to give you this story between me and my husband and in the beginning of our relationship you know the up and downs the learning getting to know each other on a different level I am a person that loves music I communicate sometimes through music like I mean like we all do if we're feeling good if we're sad if we need a moment you know there's a song for everything that we feel and I'm a person I love music and it was one point within the growing and learning between me and my husband, where we communicated literally through song. We had love language through song. And we would really sit on the phone and just listen to music. Whatever we was feeling, we had a song for it. And I actually had created a playlist And we would just sit on the phone at night, you know, once he was on the the lockdown or whatever. And again, this is when they had tablets. Um, And we would just listen to music. Literally, our love language was through music. We wouldn't talk. We wouldn't say anything. It would just be song for song for song for song. And it was just so amazing to me how he had his own version of music that he wanted like he would send me messages and say I want you to pull up this song and listen to it you know and we did that for like a whole month like every day we had a song of the day for us like this is the song I I want you to hear today or you know this is the song that I thought about for us today because of course you know he couldn't pull up a lot of things so i would have to tell him what the song was so when he would call me i would play the song the songs that he would ask me to listen to of course i could pull it right up and listen to and we would listen to the music together guys like it was so i can't even describe i don't want to say it was romantic it was just a different level it was just a different level of expression it was a deeper level of expression between me and him and we literally communicated and did that for like a whole month like to to this day right now we have certain songs that we can reference to like if he says Recently he just said, "Baby, you know, guess what song I got? Guess what song I was able to download? You know, our song, our our song, our wedding reception song. Like we have different codes for different songs that we know, you know, and um it was just the sweetest thing. It was just the sweetest thing. And and the reason why, guys, um it means so much to me because I was able to see my husband in a way that I'd never seen him before. Um, and and within that, it was new for him. It was new for him as well. Like that was the most wonderful feeling in the world to have somebody just open up to you in a way that they never have with anyone else, or just never have at all never have at all. It's like my husband opened up to me and I saw a different guy. I didn't see the hard guy, the 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 guy out in the streets, you know, the guy I didn't I didn't see that. I saw him. I saw Michael That's who I saw. I didn't see the character that he created for himself. I didn't see the artist that he was. I didn't see the person that was the pillar of strength, even within his family. I saw someone else and it was just wonderful to watch it unfold. Um, For him to trust me enough to even open up to me was really big. Um, and, And it meant a lot to both of us because of course, myself, you know, I had pushed that person so far down that I forgot that she even existed. I mean, it was like I came alive. I came alive with my husband. I came alive through this language of love through song. And I want to say that's when I really started falling in love. I really started falling in love because the way that the music was expressed and the feelings and the words and the meaning behind the songs, like it was as if someone was communicating for me, but just understanding exactly how I felt. And it was amazing. It was just simply, simply amazing how we were able to create that we were able to create that memory and that is something that will forever be with us like we actually have certain songs that you know when he comes home it's like when I come home this is the song I want to dance with you with or this is the song for our wedding reception or you know this is the song I just want to sit and lay and burn candles and listen to like we actually have plans for certain songs because of whatever it made us feel at that moment at that time we wanted to hold on to that and make it ours and so we did this again for a whole month just songs just communicating through songs i mean we would spend an hour sometimes, every 15 minutes of phone call, you know, for an hour and just listen to music. I could be in my car, I could be at home with my speaker plan, my sound bar plan, whatever it is. That is what we did for a whole month. And it made me. It made me understand my husband a lot more too because I'm telling y'all, it was songs that I was like, what? He liked this song? You know, how you just so hard and you like this song? Like, it was it was just such a wonderful it was a wonderful thing. We were bonding over something so special. Um even to the point where, you know, when you're back in your teenage and your middle middle school years, you know, I think everybody wanted to be an old R- uh, R&B, Romeo, Rico, Suave type of dude. And he even would tell me different things like that. Like, yeah, I remember when, you know, I was trying to do this and I was dancing to this song. You know, it just, it made me look at him for exactly him. And that is what I love so much that's what made me love him so much because again like it was pulling layers all the hardness um he was shedding he was shedding for me and he was shedding for us and that is why I always say like me and my husband have this bond that is so magical and so real that I am so not mad for all the failed relationships, all the failed friendships and situationships that I went through because this is my soulmate. This is the piece of my puzzle that was missing and I know it and I know it through so many things that we learned about each other. Um, So many things like, like it's like completing a sentence. It's like completing a sentence and that's what it was for me so guys my husband is really romantic believe it or not um he's even written me a song i'll share that with you on another episode but he's even written me a song and he's the way he expresses his love for me it's almost like he's writing lyrics all the time um and i love it i really really love it um it's 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 amazing i I get so tongue-tied so twisted up because it's really really amazing and sometimes it just seems like it's not it's not real it's not real like no one could could just really love you like this no one could just really make you really feel like this and this is something that's happening from afar. This is something that's happening from someone that I am not able to see and wake up with and go to bed with at night. This is from someone someone that I can't hold, that can't hold me, but I feel so complete and so full. It's it's a feeling that I cannot explain. Amazing is the most simplest form of a word that I can use when it comes to my husband because it's a word out there that I don't know just yet. That explains how much I love him and what we share and the bond that we have and just the fullness. And that's how I know our life is going to be so fun and so full. What we give each other is so organic and so natural. Words can't express it. There's not a word in the dictionary, not one word. It's several, but not one word that can describe it. So, yes, guys, that is my story of the day. Me and my husband had a love language through song for about a month. It might have been two months. I can't really remember how long, but yeah, yes, yes. I, I began to love my husband on a totally different level when we started expressing in that manner. It opened up something totally different. For me and for him and for us. So, I hope I didn't get too mushy and gushy for you guys. And, you know, I know my husband want to, you know, keep his heart from the start. You know, persona and all this kind of stuff. But my husband is so loving. He is so loving and, and, and just so kind you know it 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 just amazes me every day like like this is a person that amazes me every day there's 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 we're there's nothing boring about what we have something every day makes me love him even more but i am going to move on to the next thing of course i'm going to do the meme of the day but i have a special treat guys the meme of the day but again guys thank you for tuning in this is episode 15 thank you so much for joining me on this sunday morning on this journey and we are going to move along as you guys know I have started a support group, Fed Up Wives, supporting wives of incarcerated federal inmates. This is a nonprofit organization set to help both emotionally and mentally, but financial as well. To contact Fed Up Wives, please email fedupwives.org at gmail.com. The contact number is 404-927-8011 please like and join the Facebook page, Fed Up Wives Organization. You guys have supported me, and now it is time for me to support you. Now back to the show.
1: for a minute dealing with the social injustice and uh, what I see in everyday everyday life. Me coming in here as you know, a youngin. right after I was 19, I got arrested when I was 27. You know what I mean? Me being in here and faced with the situation I was faced with, turned down 10 years and, you know what I mean, looking possibly 30 years to going to look at 226 years. You know what I mean? For a lot of people, you know, they can't comprehend being in that type of situation. A lot of people turn from it, they run from it. You know what I mean? But I just stood under it because of my values and what I believe in. You know what I mean? No matter what it is, you know, you got to always stand for what you believe in. So, you know, me always been, you know what I mean, since I've been in here, I walked in faith, you know what I mean, since day one and I still walk in faith. And then, You know, it's like the people who be behind me who give me strength, especially my wife. You know what I mean? Amy, I love you and I appreciate everything you do for me, especially like spiritually and emotionally how you keep me grounded. You know what I mean? And I'm just looking forward to coming out there, you know what I mean, being a part of, you know what I mean, me and you and, you know what I mean, being back out there in society and, and you know what I'm saying, for taking everything that's going on in the community because back in the days, I didn't understand what they meant building with the community instead of destroying the community. So, you know what I mean, that's what I look forward to, coming back out there. I hope y'all appreciate these pieces, you know what I mean, and, you know, it is what it is, man, more power to the people. All right. The name of this piece is called Amy. In the travels of my misfortune, I found my best friend. I see color, and I love hers, and the warmth and tenderness of her skin. Her lips taste like candy, her cookie like brown sugar. She calls me her superman, finding calm in my arms and clarity in my eyes. I'm up here from distress. Who has she ever known to trust like this? Intoxicated from a kiss trapped in my soul, she is my soul. This is what it's like to have it all. We deserve it all. They say we lost our minds a million miles apart. Itches apart. the point. Reflections of the heart, slow dancing in the silver line, and she's the one I see. The perfect one for me. She's my everything happened for a reason. Tattooed it because we believe it. She's the boss now. Stepped over the edge, understanding what the press sound. emotions down. They share three letters, we share three words. Of hers is mine, and of mine of hers. All the action. So all we use are words. She love, I love, we love us.
0: Well, you guys, we have reached my favorite part of the episode, and that is giving you the updates on my husband. My husband is great. He has no minutes, guys. He is down to zip zero zilch and will not have any minutes until the 10th. So, Lord Jesus, pray for me. Um, But he's still able to email. So that's a good thing. Like I said, there's no complaints here. As long as I can communicate with him, I am fine. Now, I want to say that I jumped the gun, guys. I jumped the gun. But I'm proud of myself because I didn't get worried. I didn't get in a panic. But I did jump the gun. So, day before yesterday, I hadn't heard from my husband. And I waited till late, 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 late to text my best friend and ask has she heard from him. And... Anytime I haven't heard from him, I do call her to just see because just to make sure, like if he hasn't talked to me and he hasn't talked to her, then I have room to say, okay, something may be wrong, something may not be right, but um, that's my go-to if I haven't heard from him. And guys, let me tell you, so when I asked her and she said that she had talked to him earlier that day, I was like, hmm, well, dang, you know, He hadn't said anything to me. Like, I normally get an email from him in the morning and everything. So, I had not heard from my husband. And I was trying really hard to not worry. Like, it's hard for me to not worry, guys. And I'm trying so, 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 so hard. But I'm not going to, like, make excuses for it or try to downplay it. Like, it's just something that I cannot help. I can't help it. Um dealing with what I what I dealt with with my father is very hard. It's very hard for me not to worry. So I try I try with every fiber in me to not think the absolute worst, but it's it's hard. It's hard. like I feel like The only person that can understand this would be a my brother and be like a therapist because it's really really hard to not start thinking crazy because I just know that feeling. I just know the feeling of talking to my dad going to see my dad and then the next day a week later my dad was dead. You know, so I just it's something that I'm trying so hard to work on, but I was really proud of myself because I did not panic. I didn't trip. The next now the next day when I woke up I was on some okay so do I need to call the jail and double check and I I really had to sit on my hands so to speak because I just wanted to wait it out before I panicked before I thought anything crazy I just wanted to wait it out but let me tell you what I did guys that I'm not proud of and I and I noticed it after me and him talked I replaced worry with anger. So I had put it in my head that for some reason, he just didn't want to talk to me. And I fueled off of that instead of worrying, I just replaced it with anger. So the anger is what kept me going and is what made me not think that something was wrong or worrying that something was wrong. I just made myself angry. I made myself angry so I wouldn't worry. And in the process of making myself angry, I pretty much blamed him. Like, you know, how is it that you're not talking to me? Like you emailing and and communicating with other people, but you're not. I created a narrative. I created a narrative so that I would not worry. And I did it not knowing. I did it not really understanding what I was doing. And oh my goodness, guys, I literally put the title, the subject of my email was your ex-wife. My husband emailed me yesterday morning, the longest email I have ever seen that he emailed, that he has ever written me. And he was so upset and he was really hurt behind me even saying your ex-wife like, wow, you one day, one day you haven't talked to me and you ready to give up on me. And I didn't mean it that way. So, I had to apologize. I really had to apologize to him because I didn't want to make him feel that way. I didn't want him to feel like I gave up on him in one day. Like, I took it too far, and I explained to him that, you know, I'm not good at this. I did not know what to do with that that energy and that feeling, and I replaced my worry with anger, and I tried to find something and a reason to just be mad at him. Like, that's why we're not talking because he's acting funny. And I was wrong. I was totally, totally wrong. And I spent yesterday really apologizing to him and really explaining to him that I did it without really realizing what I was doing and I didn't mean anything by it, you know, and just reassuring, you know, my love for him. And, you know, I'm not going anywhere. And I just had, I had to do damage control, guys. I had to do damage control because I was so, 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 so wrong. But I also, in talking to my best friend, And there's my notification of the email he just sent me. On talking to my best friend, I, I tried to explain to her, like, you know, I wasn't mad, but I created something for me to focus on rather than worrying and you know this is something that we we um kind of took a war with within our conversations because of course you know that's her uncle and you know he's he's been through this before and as a person that has been in his life you know she doesn't think and worry like I worry but I had to kind of explain to her yesterday which I I mean, I do know that she understands, but she understands, but doesn't understand because she hasn't dealt with what I dealt with. But I also had to explain to her that her uncle, it turns into a big baby on the phone with me. Now she's very well aware of how he is, you know, I mean, that's one of the men in her life. So she's aware, but a lot of times my worry comes from my husband turning into a big baby to me. If something hurts, something bothers him. He expresses it to me. And so my worry is valid. Sometimes it's valid. My husband has high blood pressure. He will tell me sometimes, baby, my heart is hurting, or my heart did something weird today. So a lot of times my worry comes from the things that he tells me to. And so that's something that me and her never really touched on. And I had to tell her yesterday, like, girl, sometimes your uncle be be saying stuff that makes me feel that way. Like, seriously, he does. And she understood it because, of course, that's her uncle. And, you know, he's, you know, they grew up together and all these things. She know how he is. But I don't think she realized that that's what he does to me. And so my worrying is 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 valid at times because of the things that he tells me how he's feeling. Um, and, and, and it starts making me worry. And And like I said, it was something that we talked about last night. And she was like, okay, you know, I mean, she understood it. But at the same time, you know, I constantly have to remind anybody and everybody that what happened to my dad is forever a permanent situation in my life. And that's never going to change. I don't care how hard I try. I don't care if I go see six psychiatrists or sit on 11 different sofas. That trauma is forever going to be with me. So, But he was fine what happened was the computers and the phones were down and that's why he wasn't able to communicate. And again, I jumped the gun. I was wrong. But of course, me and my husband, we will work through it. Like 24 hours is the most that we're ever going to have. We do, We believe in not going to bed mad at each other, not waking up mad at each other. So of course, you know, we worked it out. We apologized to each other. I mean, he really didn't owe me an apology. I really owe him an apology. So I apologized to him, you know, and I told him I loved him and he oh my god he called me j-lo guys he was like oh so you gonna be on your j-lo shit (laughs) i'm like oh my god no i am not on my j-lo shit i am not finna just divorce you leave you and go off and be with ben affleck somewhere so no i'm not on my j-lo shit um i honor and value you know our marriage and what we have and it's gonna take a lot for him to get rid of me so we made it through another one (laughs) a slight it really wasn't another one but i was wrong i was wrong and i can admit i was wrong but again guys this this is why this is why i'm here this is my journey i told you i'm gonna give it to you uncut and unscripted and that's exactly what happened rashida jumped the gun and she had to apologize to her man also guys um this appeal, these two points, these two COVID points that are owed to my husband, this is something that he is going to continue to... um Focus on like he is not letting it go. He's not letting it go to the point where he's just like, Baby, call the army, call the navy, call the military, call Obama, call Biden, call Kamala, call the suicide hotline, call the fire department, call nine one one, call animal control, call this, call that, call warnock call He wants me to get on his phone and call all these people about his two points. And don't get me wrong, my husband deserves his two points they are owed to him but i also had to tell him that sometimes things have to be done strategically with a little finesse and some knowledge what i noticed is too being too persistent too aggressive Is a form of rebellion. It's militant. And a lot of people do not respond well to that. A lot of times they make it harder for you. They purposely do stuff to not help you. And I don't want it to be a situation where it's like, I done got on these people's nerves, you know, or or I'm constantly badgering them. You know, this system does not work how it's supposed to, when it's supposed to. And so I just had to tell my husband, just please trust in me that I'm doing everything that I can and I'm doing the best that I can. You know, I can't make the courts and you know the the people who work there move how we would like for them to move so you know i just really had to explain to him that it's a process it's a process he's gonna get his points it may not be tomorrow or or two months from now or three months from now but he's going to get them it's going to take time but in the meantime my husband still has to do some time so it could happen next year you know but he's gonna get his points i'm gonna see to it that he gets his points you know i gave him my word And I'm going to fight for my husband. And that is something that yesterday me and my friend Demita talked about. You know, she was like, Rashida, you know, you have learned so much just in doing this and, and being in this marriage and fighting for your husband. Like, I know a lot of things that I did not know last year when it comes to laws, when it comes to just how this system works. And... It amazes me sometimes how far I've gotten within that. Even within this podcast, let me tell you something. When I do this research, when I read these articles, I'm floored sometimes at at the knowledge of everything. Like some of these things I didn't know. And I mean, I'm very articulate, so I understand. But sometimes it's just baffling. It, it's so baffling. It makes you angry. It makes you upset. And that is why I stay in my lane of just, dealing with my husband's situation, why I don't want to take on other people's situation. I'll tell the stories, I'll let you use the platforms, but the things that my friend Demita does, I could not handle. I mean, she told me some stories yesterday that just, I was angry for the rest of the day. So it, it, it takes a strong woman to be able to not just handle one man, but several men out here that she's fighting for. So I told my husband that I wanted him to call her because she kind of knows a little bit of what to do, what's going on. And she can be a voice for him as well and get some things done. Like I don't mind anybody aiding me and helping my husband coming home. So outside of that, guys, he's doing great. Um, He's doing great. He just does not have no damn minutes. (laughs) like, And I know it is driving him nuts, but He's great. He's amazing. I love my husband. And I thank you guys for praying for him. Please continue to pray for him. Please continue to keep him uplifted. Um, It's so appreciated. I appreciate you guys so much. And thank you. Thank you for joining me on this journey, on our journey. And we're going to keep this thing moving. We're going to jump into um, a serious no facts. And again, this is episode 15. So, today, on a serious note, facts, guys, I wanted to talk about the seven deadly sins of law. Now, this is something that I actually had no idea about until about five or six days ago. I was talking about a case involving somebody that I knew, and this topic came up, and I literally had no idea about the seven deadly um, sins so i did a little research um i read a few things and i am going to basically share with you what i have learned now the seven deadly sin law for juvenile offenders and we're going to talk about juvenile offenders first is a law intended to address the increasing rates of violent crime among youth the law has taken many forms in different state legislators um in the united states however set seven deadly sins aspect always refers to jurisdiction of the superior court over the trial of any juvenile 13 to 17 years old who allegedly committed murder rape armed robbery with a firearm aggravated child molestation aggravated sodomy aggravated sexual battery are voluntary manslaughter in the mid 1990s numerous u.s states enacted seven daily deadly sins law to combat the so-called teen super predators and predicted waves of remorseful teenage criminals however this prediction did not come to fruition now in georgia among the states of the u.s to pass such a bill which bill states, uh, 440 attempted to provide that certain juvenile offenders who commit certain violent felonies shall be tried as adults in superior court. State bill 440 attempted to provide that certain juveniles Um, Juvenile offenders to commit certain violent felonies should be tried as adults in the superior court. This means that murder, armed robbery, kidnapping, rape, aggravated sexual battery, aggravated sodomy, aggravated child molestation carry a minimum of 10 years in prison with the letter four crimes carrying a minimum of 25 years to life in prison. First degree murder is punishable by by death, life in prison without parole or life in prison with no parole for at least 30 years. While second degree murder carries a sentence of imprisonment for not for not less than 10 years up to 30 years. Anyone convicted a second time of any of these crimes will automatically be sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. The law was approved by voters November eighth, nineteen ninety four, and was signed into law then by Governor Zell Miller on December fifteenth, nineteen ninety four, and went into effect January first, nineteen ninety five. The law is the law is found under Title seventeen, Chapter ten, Section seven of the Official Code of Georgia. Um, and in 2009, a bill softened the effects of the law, regressing from the regressing from the default to try violate to try to violate minor offenders as an adult. So let me let me let me let me let me let me sidebar this right quick. When I was talking to my friend Demita yesterday what was brought to my attention because I was, I was still trying to understand and figure out the mandatory minimum situation. Like, like I said, again, I'm learning a lot of things just within this situation. Um, what was brought to my attention was that she gave me an example of someone that she is working with that Many years ago, um, maybe like in the 90s, 99 or something like that, robbed somebody with a butter knife. Like literally, like the the butter knife, like the one that has like the weird shape to it, butter knife. Um, Put it to the back of the person, stole the person's wallet, stole $1,500 or whatever. Now, the fifteen I'm sorry, $1,500, the $1,500 was recovered and given back. And it was with a butter knife. But because it was considered armed robbery, this person got the actual mandatory minimum of that sentence. So I'm saying to her, I'm like, so wait a minute. I can rob somebody with an imaginary weapon and put it into their back and still get the same amount of time as somebody who put a gun to somebody's head and rob them. Although I'm using something that cannot hurt them. Um, just, just the details within the situation don't change the situation. And I was floored. Because this person spent all these years, like I think 20, 30 years so far in jail for a butter knife, $1,500 that was actually given back. So not only did the, the the money was given back, um, and even if the money wasn't given back, I can't remember if it was or if it wasn't, but we're talking about somebody who's been in prison for over 20 years. He has literally worked and made that $1,500 back by now. So it got me to understanding the mandatory minimum a lot more. And it's like that is that now I understand why they want to get rid of it, because the details should matter in some of these cases. I do not feel like a person who commits a crime in a different level of of, of severity should have the same time as somebody who actually commits it with a finger. That, that's poked out as a gun versus a real gun. And so this is these are all the things that I was learning within the process of talking about the seven deadly sins, which again, I had no idea about. You know, you hear seven deadly sins, you hear about sins, you think about everything in the Bible, gluttony, greed, you know, different things like that. Nowhere did I ever know that this was something that was lawful so i pulled up a 2019 fact sheet now the criminal justice reform house bill 1176 passed in 2012 it was aimed to curb the youth of prison population and improve public safety while saving taxpayers money steer the least dangerous least hardened offenders away Special Counsel on Criminal Justice Reform collaborated with the Pew Center, reserved prison space for people who committed serious crimes, created degrees of severity for crimes like burglary, forgery, and theft, raised the threshold for felony theft from 500 to 1,500, Established alternatives to incarceration for low-level nonviolent drug and property offenders. Allowed the courts to order electronic monitoring of all offenders. Allowed probation to impose graduated sanctions that swiftly and certainly responded to off- offenders violations. Invested $10 million in accountability courts and diverse programs. Offenders struggling with drug addiction and mental illness receive treatment, are required to work, are required to remain sober, monitors efficiently to see what's working and what isn't. Now, House Bill 349 passed March 13th, effective July 2013. I'm sorry. It was passed 2013, effective July 2013. Second leg of criminal reju- criminal justice reform created a 15 member panel. Georgia Council on Criminal Justice Reform created a safety value on mandatory minimums for drug trafficking. Setly de- seven deadly sins defined unsupervised probation as a probated sentence that follows active probation probationer may be reduced to reporting requirements supervised shall not actively supervise probationer. however all conditions remain intact restored a suspended driver's license for limited use for participants of a drug or mental health court in order to allow them to attend court ordered programs created five hundred dollar Hope voucher for those who complete their GED while incarcerated must be used within 24 months of release. Senate Bill 365 passed in 2014. Third leg of criminal justice reform focused on post-incarceration reform suggested by the Georgia Council of Criminal Justice Reform. Developed and implemented programs to assist adult offenders with reentry. Provided liability protection to employers who hire former offenders who successfully completed GDC pre-release programs. Created a program treatment completion uh, certificate with which went live February 2015. House Bill 310 created a new agency, Department of Community Supervision, DCS, merged all felony felony community supervision into one agency. Governor Deal signed H.B. 310 into law on May 7, 2015. Okay, so Governor Deal signed this law in May 2015. DCS officially began operations July 1, 2015. GDC Probation Operations Pardons and Paroles, PAP... A Department of Juvenile Justice probation merged to create DCS. July 1st, 2015, transferred 160,000 probationers and 1,600 probation operation employees to DCS. Whew. Now, this mandatory minimum has definitely has to go. Um, any offender convicted of one of the seven crimes identified in SB 440, also known as the seven deadly sins will serve a minimum of 10 years in prison. If the offender was sentenced to longer than 10 year minimum, they would not be eligible for parole at any time during that sentence. A second conviction for these offenders will result in a sentence of life without parole. The seven crimes include murder, rape, armed robbery with a firearm, aggravated child molestation, aggravated sodomy, aggravated sexual battery, voluntary manslaughter, effective January 1st, 1995, also known as two strikes law. Anyone convicted of a second deadly sin receives a mandatory system. I mean, I'm sorry, a mandatory sentence of life without parole. Um, as I'm reading that it 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 made me realize something. When my dad was locked up, his wife accused him of they, they, he, She had a restraining order on him. The restraining order was supposed to be taken off because they end up actually getting back together and moving in with each other. Within that process, I continuously kept begging my dad to get that warrant lifted because they were living together. I felt in my spirit that at any given moment, if something was to jump off, if it was something that she didn't like that he did or said or decided to go somewhere, because this is what kind of asshole bitch that she was was i felt like she would use that paperwork against him unfortunately those were the type of games that she played and i hated it i truly truly hated it when my dad was arrested he was arrested and booked in cobb county jail with with two of these charges she she accused him of beating her up she accused him of aggravated sodomy. Anytime you have a aggravated assault, or, or or you have a warrant, it becomes aggravated at that point if they have to pick you up. Now, I and I do know that because anything that that if you have if you have a Restraining order. If you have anything like that against a person, if you break that restraining order, and I meant to say restraining order, not warrant, but if you break that restraining order, everything after that becomes aggravated, which is considered a felony. When I first called Cobb County, my dad was in there under five felonies, which included aggravated stalking, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, aggravated sodomy. These were all the charges that my dad had, and it made my stomach sick. It made my stomach sick because I knew that was not my dad. And they did not give my dad a bond. And I'm starting to understand why. Like two of these charges was up under this seven deadly sin law. I couldn't get a bond for my dad. And I worked hard. I bust my ass. I tried everything up under the sun. And finally, when my dad had to go to court for a second time, he was denied a bond the first time. When he went to court the second time, That's when I took the stand. And once I took the stand, I ripped the whole case apart because, first of all, the lady had lied on my dad. I had proof that the lady had lied on my dad. This lady was still writing letters to the jail, harassing my dad, talking crazy to my dad, which means that she violated a restraining order as well. Once I was able to prove that to the judge, once I was able to prove that everything was a complete lie, I was able to get my dad a bond. And once that happened, the state at that point decided that they were going to investigate and figure out how to move forward with even prosecuting her with lying. And that is something to this day that I am dead set on fighting. I am going to fight even though my dad is no longer here. When my dad died, my dad still died with those charges on him. I'm going to fight to get those charges removed. I want my na- my dad's name cleared. Um, unfortunately, as much as I would like for her to go to jail because of the lies and what she did. She wasted taxpayers' money. She she committed perjury. A list of things that she did. As satisfying as that would be, I'm going to leave it up to God. And it took me a long time to get to that point. But... I want his name cleared, and I want for her to admit that she lied. I, that's what I want. I don't want anything from her. I'm not trying to sue her. I don't want no money from her. Um, but she has to answer to God. Beyond these
1: walls, inmates at the Cobb County Detention Center wait for their day in court. According
0: to the county medical examiner's office,
1: at least 50 inmates have died in custody there since 2004. Some from natural causes, others under
0: suspicious circumstances. I pray for you. I have not found a way to forgive you yet. I will leave that up to God, but I will say that there will be justice for my father. I will work very hard and diligently to make that happen. My father is now gone. He has been deceased for many years now. You left two people, his children, very heartbroken. And although my brother has found peace with it and has found forgiveness, I have not. I will not until my dad gets justice and This is not me bullying. This is not me threatening. This is me wanting what anybody else will want. And that is justice. That is justice. And that is for my dad's name to be cleared. Um, There was a news outlet that reported on these mysterious deaths that happened in in Cobb County. Um, And my dad was one of the cases. So it's deep. It's very deep. It's very deep, and I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight for my dad, and I'm going to definitely continue being a voice for my husband as well, but as I said before, I'm learning a lot. A lot of information is falling into my lap, and it's helping me come to this place in my life that I was afraid of. I was scared of, and um, emotionally and mentally, I was not prepared, but I'm prepared now, so guys... That's my serious note facts. That's my serious note facts. Um, I encourage you as every other episode, do your research, check into these things. It definitely made a light bulb go off in my head. Just even understanding these charges, um, understanding the mandatory minimum a lot more. So do your research, guys. Do your research so you will know what our loved ones are being charged with, what they're going through, in this justice system. And now I want to just give you a few updates before I conclude this episode. Um, I have some great interviews coming up, guys. I have some really, really great interviews coming up with uh, with inmates and their wives. I'm not going to tell you that much, but just know my bonus episodes coming up are going to be magnificent. I have been doing my homework. I have been getting assistance from people out there who are steering me in the right direction, who are helping me get content. And I want to just say a big, big thank you and shout out to my friend, Demita Bishop, who is president and over um, FAIR. She's really been helping me out a lot with bringing some stories to me from couples, from couples, married couples who are doing this time together. And that is pretty much it, guys. I have a a three day a three day free trial that's going on right now on the Apple Podcast app for the bonus episodes. As you know, all my bonus episodes now are for a uh, paid subscription, but I have a three day free trial going on. So, guys, please check it out. Check it out. If you are not already a subscriber and you have not already listened to plenty of my bonus episodes, all the new ones will be for a paid subscription. So there's a three-day free trial. Check it out. Again, it is $5 a month, $4.99. I have a special going on on Apple for $55.99. for the whole entire year so i hope that i'm bringing you enough content where you're entertained where you enjoy it and you want to sign up you want to subscribe to me i it's appreciated if you do and even if you don't i'm going to continue with this podcast i am going to continue um growing growing and developing more So again, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for joining me. This is episode 15. Five more episodes until season two. Thank you guys so much. Well, guys, this concludes our episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were entertained and most of all i hope you will continue this journey with me be sure to hit the subscribe button guys as i stated in my previous episodes as i continue this journey i will get better i promise to bring you good content to keep you entertained make sure to follow the show's social media instagram is wetlock chronicles podcast twitter is wetlock podcast If you want to submit questions, advice, or comment on the show, hit the message link in the show's description and I will respond on my bonus episode on Fridays. For brand promotions, if you want to join in on an episode, share a story, spread some knowledge, please email me. Please email me at wedlockchronicles.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Wedlock Chronicles podcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for being on this journey with me. I look forward to bringing you my next episode. So please stay safe, stay blessed, and welcome to Wedlock. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, iHeart Radio, or wherever you get your podcast. For episode updates, upcoming live episodes, discussion forms, and contact information, please visit the website WetlockChronicles.com.
1: Yay!